Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Brian from OPEX Brooklyn in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me, Brooke. Appreciate you inviting me on for this. I'm really excited to have you here to learn more about your business. And, you know, before we dive into that, the stuff that gets me really excited, let's talk about you a little bit. What was it that got you started in the industry of being a gym owner? Yeah, so I, you know, thankfully I've been an athlete my whole life and I've been in and out of gym since I was 15. Um, one of my best friends at the time, he opened up a CrossFit gym in 2014. So I got to see the inside of the business while also being a client, which was great. And then as I started making some money and made friends with some of the coaches, and we eventually decided to combine forces and open up a gym of our own in 2019. Not the greatest timing, six months before the pandemic, but um, thankfully things have kind of worked out for, for the better. So uh, still holding on and, and making things work. Yeah, um, the, the last few years have been wild. So props to you, man, for making it through that. Um, so for our listeners, let's kind of have you paint a picture here. Um, tell us a little bit about OPEX Brooklyn, who you guys are, what kind of service you provide, kind of the whole nine. That way, moving forward in this conversation, our listener really has a better understanding of, you know, what you guys do. Yeah, so really OPEX, so as OPEX Brooklyn, we're technically a licensed gym under OPEX Fitness. So for those who don't know, OPEX Fitness actually originates from the CrossFit world, um, from James Fitzgerald. So um, OPEX Fitness is a coaching education company. And so what they do is they actually allow some of their coaches to license out gyms also around the world. I think they're maybe about 60 or 70 OPEX gyms around the world. So we're in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and so really what we do here is personalized health and performance coaching. So we do have a unique model here. We try to combine the best aspects of personal training and group fitness. So what I mean by that is we take all our clients uh, through an initial consultation, get to know their strengths, weaknesses, injuries, and goals. And then we take them through two assessments. So the first assessment is a moving assessment, just kind of screening out for any injuries or imbalances they may have. And then the second assessment is an, an in-body scan. So we screen them out for uh, their muscle mass and or, or body fat mass and skeletal muscle mass, just so we can track some body composition data over time. Um, and then on the training floor, we'll build out a, a, a individualized program for that client, um, not only exercise, but also nutrition and lifestyle. So what are you th doing outside the gym as well? And then on a training level, the way it works is it's more of an open gym style so we always have coaches on the floor monitoring the clients, but all the different clients are following their own individualized programming. So kind of meshing the world of uh, personal training and group fitness, you're still working out with people, but you're only, you're following your own specific program, which is great. Nice. So how does that work? Like do the clients come in at whatever time that they want and like they have the program and like there's always staff or like how does that piece work? Yeah. So we use this app called True Coach and I'm sure some people are familiar with that. So True Coach is an iOS and Android app where you can do all, put all your programming on and also talk to your coach. So all the clients walk into the gym exactly knowing what their programming is for that week. Um, they can, all they do is we don't do any reservations. Uh, so right now, all you have to do is walk into the gym, check in on an iPad. A coach will always be on the floor. So we kind of think of them as floor coaches. Um, they might be your specific coach, but they might also be someone else's coach. So I have about five coaches or five or six coaches on staff. So inevitably all my clients are gonna meet all of my coaches. Um, we're open seven days a week. So we do have kind of open gym style where you don't have to make any reservations. You kind of do your own work and get out whenever you need. Um, so just trying to add some flexibility for people, um, but still have that kind of personalized uh, level to it. 
Yeah, that's really cool. Um, you know, probably a little bit better of a price point than a one-on-one -on -one trainer for some people. You know, they're not looking to spend thousands of dollars, you know, to train with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, but they still are getting a program created for them um, to match whatever their goals, um, their health and fitness goals are. And so that's great. Um, now, let me ask you, is this something that all OPEC licensees are doing like the same model or is this something that you guys kind of came up with in in your specific location yeah so no this is the opex model right so it is personalized programming um some of your listeners might be familiar with marcus philly with functional bodybuilding he comes from the opex world also uh, a lot of the functional bodybuilding stuff is also personalized as well so i believe at his gym as well the revival strength they also do kind of this model um but yeah i mean we came from the crossfit world i mean the origins of OPEX are from group fitness. And I think what James Fitzgerald kind of figured out was that there is uh, unfortunately not too much longevity in CrossFit. A lot of people get injured and hurt and kind of get into it for the right reasons, but end up leaving for the wrong reasons. And so this is really supposed to be kind of like personalized CrossFit in, in, in a not, not so gimmicky way, but I think it, it does really help a lot of people out because people really do need personalized attention. And while I do think group fitness is great for a lot of people, no, we, we attract a lot of clients who have injuries. And so that's really our specialty. My two business partners have their master's in sports medicine. So we do get a lot of clients who are either sports specific or occupational specific, you know, maybe they're, they're military or law enforcement and they're coming into the gym for a specific reason. Okay, got it. So, you know, with that being said, right now, how many clients are you guys sitting at? Yeah, so we're about 140 clients right now. Okay, cool. 140 clients and what's the square footage of the space? Uh, it's 3,300 square feet, which is actually pretty big for, for Brooklyn, actually. Yeah, that's that's really big. And especially like where it's, it's not like a group training space, like, you know, people are just kind of coming in and doing their own thing. That's a lot of room. Um, and with, with that, you know, you're at 140 now, hypothetically, how many members would you guys like to house? Like if you could have play your cards right, do it all right, how many would you have under the roof of your facility? Yeah, I mean, I think we could comfortably fit maybe about 200, 250 clients in the facility. It's really a function of the hours. So now that people could kind of come in whenever they want, really the only bottleneck is kind of people on the floor. So we can comfortably sit uh, or have people, maybe 15 people work out at a time comfortably. Um, anything beyond that kind of gets a little uh, lacking with the equipment and people kind of walking all over each other. I want to make sure people do have a kind of a premium experience with that. Um, but because we have such oh, so many open hours throughout the day and midday, um, it does leave people the option to come in whenever they want. So we're not really seeing those bottlenecks like we used to uh, during COVID when we had to do reservations for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, right now, since you, you know, are at 140, what are you guys doing to acquire clients to hopefully aid that growth process as you continue to grow? Yeah. So in the beginning days of, of OPEX, what we used to do was I used to do a lot of um, paid ad spend on Instagram and Facebook. Um, also on, on Google as well. So I always try to make sure to post a lot on Instagram. Um, as the gym has kind of matured a bit and we've kind of had clients here for a year or two more or longer, um, it's really been word of mouth that's been helping us spread. So I actually have pulled back on the ad spend on Instagram in favor of just relying on uh, organic growth from that direction. Um, but I, either way, I haven't seen it slow down, which is great. And you know, you know, as things kind of as things accelerate, I still have the option to uh, continue pay, paying into ad spend uh, on Instagram. I feel like that's a really good vehicle to to get clients into the gym. Yeah, definitely. I think word of mouth is good, and you know, we like it because it's free. Um, but it's not really like a method that we can control. We can't count on a specific 
you know, number of new clients per month um, through just word of mouth. I mean, there becomes a point where it starts to slow down. It goes through ebbs and flows. I mean, like anything. Um, and so we really look at digital advertising as an effective way for gyms in this business to kind of measurably grow. So for you guys, you said you've done it before. Um, when you were doing it, were you seeing a return on investment? So I think that's a really common area that a lot of gym owners, they're scared to go down that road because they don't want to spend money to make money, right? So talk about your experience there because I think that our listener can really pull value from this. Yeah, no, that's a good question. So in terms of just how you, how I still think about ad spend, uh, you got to think about lifetime value of the customer and also cost of ac uh, customer acquisition cost, right? And so for me at OPEX, I know that we're charging kind of north of $300 a month. The average client probably stays for about a year or longer. I mean, the numbers are, it, the numbers are skewed because we're still a young gym. But in general, talking to other OPEX gyms, OPEX clients typically stay for about two years or longer. But just using one year as a basis, that means the lifetime value of my customer is about $3,000 to $4,000 a year, right? So as long as I'm acquiring that client for even $100 or $200, if I'm acquiring that client, that trade is worth it to me every single time. So as I think about ad spend, what's really great about Instagram and Facebook and Google is that you can you can alter your ad spend based on number of visits so uh, or, or ad clicks you'll get. And so for what I'll do is, you know, maybe I'll do like $100 a week for four weeks straight. That's $400 for the month in ad spend. But if that nets me one new client or two new clients, that trade is totally worth it, right? So conceivably, you can probably pump in $1,000 a week on ad spend. And as long as you're starting to, as long as you scale up that, you'll, you'll start to see that ROI con continue to kind of level off at some point. But, you know, I think it's a really good method for people if you have the risk appetite to do it. Now, obviously, you need cash to do this as well. And I know that early days of business, it's really tough to have the cash to spend out on ad spend. But I do think it's really worth it, especially if you're trying to get the gym up and going, especially early on when you don't have much traction in the neighborhood. It's a really good way to get people through the doors. I definitely agree. I think a lot of times people aren't necessarily like searching like new gyms near me on Google and then like finding out that you're there. So when we can really tap into social media platforms, the places that people are spending a lot of their time and just be there, you know, we're going to naturally grow. And so it's usually very worth it. Um, but thank you for kind of sharing that with us in the next topic that I think it's important for us to talk about here is bottlenecks, challenges, things that you face that somebody listening to this show is probably also facing right now. And by us talking about it, you know, we're really able to relate to one another. So for you guys, what's that one thing that's kind of causing um, a delay in that growth piece right now? Yeah. So I would say just with inflation so high, it's definitely the expense side of the business, right? Like we're growing very healthy on a revenue side, but you know, every month I see the, I see the P and L come through from QuickBooks for my accountant and that margins just continuing to compress. And that's, you know, that's a function of rent increasing, uh, energy costs increasing, even like my vendor costs for my protein shakes and protein bars that we sell in retail, that stuff's all increasing for me as well. And so that's really kind of the biggest challenge. And so, you know, we're offline. We were kind of talking about this before the before the podcast, how we had to raise prices uh, this year. And so what we did was a 20% price increase effective three months from now. So kind of giving my clients some time to digest that price increase. But on the flip side, for the past 12 months, 
they've been seeing me invest a ton into the gym. Uh, we have a meal prepping service now. I bought some Olympic platforms. I bought a lot more equipment. Uh, we continue to invest and put money into the gym. We do a lot of social and community events for everybody. We have a softball team that, that we pay for upfront for everybody. So uh, the clients see the investment that's coming on on our end. And so, you know, as long as they value what we're doing as, as a coaching service and even expanding hours, that costs more money, right? You have to pay for staff to be there throughout the day, right? So there are a lot of things, there are a lot of levers there. So my whole philosophy towards this is you need to give before you get. And so in terms of price increases, right, we want to be, we all want to be paid as gym owners for, you know, the value that we deliver. And, and obviously we all get into this business because we do think we're doing a great service to the public, right? You know, we're adding years to people's lives. We're improving people's confidence. We're improving people's quality of life. And that's priceless in my head. And so I, honestly, you know, I know I personally would pay as much money as possible for a coach uh, because I know it's very, very important to me. Unfortunately, not everyone feels the same way. Um, but I think as long as you're communicating well with people and showing that you are actually investing in the space, increasing prices isn't a big deal as long as you do it the right way. Yeah. I mean, inflation is a huge issue right now. And you just touched on like you literally have a game plan because, you know, you run into this challenge, you have a game plan. So that's how you're going to kind of make it out of here. And you touched on a few different things. And so you mentioned that you guys have a meal prep service. Is that something that you're doing or is it an outside business that you brought into into your model? How does that work? Yeah, so it's an outside service. Uh, we just partnered recently with Nutra Meal Plans. Uh, so they're actually based out in Boston. Um, before, we used to have a relationship with uh, Dishes by Daniel, which is a local meal prepper, and also Kettlebell Kitchen, which they recently went out of business. Um, but yeah, I just think it's, you know, we're, we coach people holistically, right? It's not just exercise. It's also nutrition and lifestyle. And I think, you know, kind of to your earlier point about adding, you know, levels of service to your business and different revenue streams, you know, we want to continue adding value to the clients. And how, how, how better else by adding a, a meal prepping service if a client's complaining about nutrition, we have a, we have a good easy fix for them. So, you know, just try to make their life easier and kind of reduce the friction in terms of health and health and fitness. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. You know, it's not just the fitness side of things that's going to make our clients feel good and see success. We really have to reach, you know, we have to help them keep them accountable. We have to help them with the nutrition. That's a huge part of it on top of the fitness. And so it really sounds like you guys are doing a good, good job being able to kind of provide all those things for your clients. So my next question would be, you know, down the road, What's your goal with this thing? If I could hand you a magic wand and I was like, all right, Brian, you can have everything that you've ever wanted come true for this business. What would that picture look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd love to take this. I mean, I'm a native New Yorker. So my business partners and so is most of my staff. Um, I would love to take this to each borough. Uh, so we're, we're in Brooklyn right now, but I, I have definitely thought about an OPEX in Manhattan or Queens or even the Bronx. Um, that, that would kind of be a dream scenario for me. Um, but right now, you know, we kind of model up the business to gain four, four net new clients a month. It doesn't seem like much, but it's about extra $1,000 in revenue or a little over $1,000 in extra revenue per month. You know, I think slow and steady wins the race and, you know, growth is never going to be linear. You're going to have ups and downs. And, and you know, if any, any business or any gym owner knows that this is a very seasonal business. Um, so you kind of have to just weather the storm when it gets tough, but then also be ready for the influx when a lot of people are in, coming into the gym, usually during the beginning of the year or even during the summer. And so, you know, hopefully I think, I think we have a lot of room to grow here, especially in New York. A lot of people still don't know about us. Um, and so, you know, hopefully we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's a huge goal. So with that being said, since you would like to expand, I mean, obviously grow your current facility, like you said, slow and steady, and then maybe in the future have multiple locations across, you know, the whole city. Um, 
what has to happen within your business right now to get you to the point where that's something that can become a reality for you? Yeah, so I think we really just need to first maximize this this space we're currently in. So, you know, we're 3,300 square feet. Thankfully, we're in this interesting complex where we can actually expand pretty much in all directions. So we can probably even forex the size of the space. And, you know, just in terms of just getting leverage on the current space, I think it's I think it makes more sense to grow in your existing space as opposed to getting a new location, just because you're getting um, you're just getting so much scale with everything that's already built, built out currently. And so really the next step for me is hopefully in a year or two, we'll be able to knock down one of the walls um, that are that's adjacent to us and we can double the size of the facility and then continue to grow from there and just, you know, just leverage, keep leveraging the operating margin that we'll get on the business because, uh, you know, everything in the business already is, is a fixed cost for the most part. Each incremental client that we get is about a 30, 40 percent oper operating profit on that. So, you know, the heavy lifting has already been done in terms of setting up the business. Opening up a new location obviously opens up a new can of worms and new demographics and neighborhoods you have to kind of deal with. So really my focus right now is just maximizing this current space and getting this per as perfect as possible before we even think about expanding to another location. Great mindset that you have moving forward. Um, definitely have a good head on your shoulders. So last question here, I like to leave you with a little mic drop moment, um, give you a chance to end us on a good note. What is, you know, a word of advice or something that you wish you had known when you first got started in this business that you could hand off to somebody who is fairly new to this uh, industry? Oh, man, <laughs> so many directions. Um, I think one of the most important things is who you partner with. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have had or have two great business partners uh, who are my coaches. And, you know, what we do is a really great division of power. I focus only on the business, finances, retention, onboarding of new clients. Um, my coaches figure out, you know, do all the coaching for the clients, obviously. Their client services, I'm basically client acquisition. And I think there's this nice separation of church and state with the business because I know a lot of gym owners, and I've seen this firsthand from personal relationships, a lot of great coaches decide to open up gyms, but they want to be coaches. They don't want to be business owners. And I think if you're thinking about being a business owner, you have to love business and also understand business. I come from Wall Street. I, I worked in an investment bank. I worked at hedge fund before. I used to analyze public companies for a living. This is very, very interesting to me. And, and managing a small business is like getting in the weeds and kind of being inside the fight and you know inside the game. Um, this is not for everybody. If you love coaching, you want to open up a business and you are not business savvy, find somebody who's business savvy because it's going to make your life a lot easier and also more enjoyable. We, at the end of the day, we all want to focus on things that we enjoy, right? I don't want to coach. I love training, but I don't want to coach. That would drive me absolutely nuts. I'm sure my coaches would absolutely hate to be doing QuickBooks and accounting for the business. So, you know, what I would say is just pick really good partners if you're thinking about this, um, because, you know, it's, it's very difficult to open up a business by yourself. So the people you surround yourself with is very important. Smart, smart man. I think that you went into this with like a good game plan and you have a good understanding of business. And like for anybody listening to this podcast, you might not have a gym yet. This is truly its own animal. And so having that business background and having a better understanding on how to run a business is definitely very, very helpful. And if you don't have that experience, like there's resources out there to help you understand how to run a successful business. So, you know, thank you for ending us on that note. Do you guys have a social media page that our listeners can go to, to check you out? Yeah, absolutely. You can check us out on Instagram at OPEX Brooklyn, O-P-E-X Brooklyn, and then uh, a website, www.opexbrooklyn.com.
Perfect. Thank you for sharing today. Thank you for all of your insight, your wisdom. And for our listeners, thank you guys as well. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic, today I'm here with my guest, owner of The Glow in Tallahassee, Florida. Kirsten, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Excited to hear all about you in the glow. So let's dive into it. Tell me what the glow is all about. Okay. Yeah. Um, we are a women's group fitness, um, studio. We offer, um, a really well-rounded fitness experience, um, with our three core methods. We have bar and boxing and bounce. Um, our mission has always been to ignite the glow in our clients. So we want our clients coming in and leaving, feeling um, stronger and just radiating from the inside out. Um, we do this by providing workouts that are effective, but they're also super fun and they make the clients want to want to keep coming back and stay consistent with their workouts. Um, we also just launched a nutrition program to help um, our clients make better um, eating habits. And um, we also really um, provide a sense of belonging with our community and our, our strong, strong community base. Awesome. We're going to dive a little bit more into all that, but to better understand where you are now, where you're going, got to kind of know where you came from. So give me a little bit of the background, um, how you got into fitness as kind of a consumer enthusiast and how that translated into you uh, crushing it with your studio in Tallahassee. Yeah, I, um, I've always loved group fitness. Like even as a teenager, I loved group fitness. It was just, um, something I was always drawn to and just the energy of a class. Um, I was a very young mom. I started having kids, um, in my early twenties and, um, I was very fortunate to be able to stay home with them and, uh, really started taking a lot of fitness classes at our, our local gym, like a big box gym. Um, Tallahassee really didn't have very much like boutique fitness at the time. Um, and then I got really into Pilates and I was like, this is hard. Like it was way harder than um, lifting weights and stuff to me. I was like, I, I definitely needed to build my core back after having three children. And, um, so I got really into Pilates and then my husband's uncle actually was opening a yoga studio, like a hot yoga studio. I had only done yoga a couple of times, but he asked me to come get trained and teach for him. I was like, I mean, why not? Like, you know, my kids were starting preschool and stuff. So, um, I started teaching like a real, a good power, hot yoga class. Um, 
which I liked, but, and I, I, I got a lot of awesome clients. I loved seeing them like change and, um, grow and just get stronger and just leave like glowing. I always said, like, I was like, oh, y'all got like that glow going on. And, um, so after that, um, I took a bar class in another, I was on vacation somewhere and I, um, I took a bar class and I just, I wanted, I wanted to do that so bad. I was like, we need that in Tallahassee. Um, we didn't have any bar studios at the time. Um, and then a, a Pilates studio in town was starting a bar program. So I went and got certified with them and started teaching for that studio. And then I started teaching at some gyms and, um, just really loved teaching bar. And, um, I got some, I got TRX certified. I just, I did a bunch of different certifications just so I could, um, teach a, a wide variety. I get bored. I have ADD. I want to teach everything. So, um, I did You're clearly just hooked on being a badass trainer. Well, yeah. And I just like, you know, I couldn't afford this like expensive, um, boutique membership. So I was like, I just need to teach there so I can take classes there. And so I got certified in about everything for a little bit. And, um, I taught at a, a another Pilates studio and, um, for a while. And I, I just love that boutique fitness feel, um, and like the smaller studio vibe versus the gym vibe. And, um, then my daughter was dancing at a dance studio. It's actually my cousin who owns the dance studio, but, um, my daughter started taking um, classes there and, um, that she wanted to do like an adult fitness program. So I took over the adult fitness program first, and then it was hard for her to manage. She was managing a dance studio, obviously. And so I was like, do you want me to just like start my own thing here and I can rent just rent the space from you instead. And she lo loved that idea. And I already had a name in my mind. I was like the glow. It's perfect because I, like I said before, I was like, I loved watching my clients, like just ignite the glow, you know, like, um, start radiating and feeling better about themselves and healthier and stronger. So I started the glow in the dance studio. I was teaching bar classes and, um, some yoga, like stretching classes, uh, mixed in there as well. And, um, yeah, I rented space for, from her for a year and towards the end of the year, I was, I was bored. I wanted to do something else. So I, I started, what, huh? I said, of course, of course. And some of the Pilates studios I follow online were adding these little mini trampolines and adding these little bounce classes. And, so I Googled that. I'm like, what is this trampolines? That's, it looked crazy. And some of the, some of the classes looked really obnoxious, but I, I thought I would look into it a little bit more. And I learned about all the health benefits of it. Um, and I was like, I got to try that. So um, my husband bought me a trampoline and I started taking online classes and just fell absolutely fell in love with it. And I knew I had to bring it to Tallahassee. Like, um, so I bought a bunch of cheap Walmart trampolines just to kind of test the waters. And I forced my clients into <laughs> trying bounce with me and they loved it. And so I invested in some jump sport trampolines. Um, and I got certified through Bellicon and I got certified through jump sport. Um, and, uh, yeah, like everyone loved it. I had wait lists for the wait list to get into my class and, um, just I had to expand from there. So that's where my brick and mortar came from. I was like, I had, I had to expand because, um, it was, it was time. Awesome. So yeah, you, uh, 
through, you know, something that you almost say as a flaw you've embraced as a business driver. Like you say, oh, I have ADD and like I get bored and I want to do these things. But it's driven you to figure out like, how do I channel this? Can I do more for my clients? What can I do that I'm going to enjoy? And it, it seems like you lead by enthusiasm. Like you get so pumped up about something that it's infectious. Other people are like, hell yeah, she's into it. Let's do it. And it really does just build the energy and hype around something. And then people are like, hey, let's let's go do this. So you're kind of taking something that some people might look at as a negative and like, this is just driving me and my business forward. Yeah, I've never looked at it that way. But yeah, I, I guess I am an enthusiastic person. When I love something, I want to share it. You know, I'm like, you'll have to try this. This is so much fun. And um, yeah, I'm a, a campaigner by nature. So I, I definitely, I think that that is something I have used as a strength. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And when you're the boss, when you want people to try something, they have to. They have to. Yeah. I really, I literally like surprised my clients with it too. Like I, I didn't tell them what they were doing. I'm like, all right. Um, the five thirty bar class, y'all, y'all have a surprise tonight. Like y'all, I didn't, they didn't even know what they were getting into and they showed up there's trampolines in the room. So I kind of forced it on everybody, but it worked out. Everyone loved it. Yeah. And for anybody listening that doesn't know, and they say, Oh, you know, they, that's cute little trampolines. Like go and give it a try and those things will kick your butt if, if you're not used to it. So yes. I think it's, it's a viable, it's a legit fitness method. So one of the other things that, there's a lot there, but one of the other things that I, I wanna do is just make sure we have frame of reference because we're only talking the last four years or so, maybe going back a little bit, like as you were an enthusiast, but um, in Tallahassee, like for our listeners, like. This isn't like small backwoods podunk town in Florida. Like everyone knows Miami and Orlando, but like there's 200,000 plus people in Tallahassee. And for you to say like, there is not bar, there's not, you know, these things don't exist. It's like, wow, here's a huge market and a huge opportunity. And you're not trying to get 10,000 people to do it, you know, a couple hundred. And, you know, you might, you know, you start to go like, holy cow, like this is, this is huge. So just for that frame of reference. So also- yeah, there was, so bar did kind of pop up. At, so I'll clarify that. So I, I did, by the time I started the glow, there was, we did have a pure bar and we did um, eventually have another local bar studio that was on, on the other side of town, but really for the North side of town bubble, I was the bar to, to come to, even when I was running space at, at the dance studio. Yeah. And then along that line, the timeline that we're talking about, you know, there's a little pandemic thing that happened, kind right. of affected the entire world, especially the fitness industry. Um, but you, um, instead of going fetal and, and crying in a corner about it, you made yeah. a big pivot. That's something that you've carried out forward. So talk to me about how you kind of embraced the, the online side of things. Yeah. So yeah, COVID happened, obviously, and it was devastating but also like I'm an optimist I was like you know this is a blessing because now I can focus on my online platform that was something I when I opened the glow at my brick and mortar I knew eventually I wanted to have an online platform and I started making moves 
um, towards that. Like um, I had talked to a videographer. Um, he had actually shot some stuff for us in the studio right before the shutdown. So it was like, oh, it's perfect timing, like no big deal. So we can just move forward and um, pivot this way. So I like I shut down everyone's memberships, which is crazy, like looking back on it because no one else did that. Like people were just having people pay their full price and doing online classes instead, I shut down everyone's membership. And I said, okay, if you want to keep continue taking classes with me, just come subscribe to this digital platform instead. And I mean, we had it up and running in, I'm, I'm trying to think we shut down over spring break. And within a week and a half, I had a full platform up and running with like eight classes on it. I think only eight at the time. And we just, just grew that library over, over the course of COVID. And um, yeah, it was, we got a really good review online and um, from somebody from like Colorado and she was on this Facebook group that loved bounce fitness, like loved rebounding. And um, we blew up overnight. It was like really scary. Like I think we all cried at one point because we're like, this is so much pressure, but it was a really um, awesome experience. But at the end of the day, I like my people. I like being open so luckily in florida we weren't closed for that long um we opened back up and just hit it just went right back to to normal i mean i say back to normal it wasn't quite back to normal but you know we we went back and um i was able to see people again which was awesome <laughs> heck yeah so good for you on on the pivot and i i understand it's it's one of those things where you get into brick and mortar business generally because you like interacting with people, but you didn't abandon it when you were able to reopen. It's still something that you're embracing, something that you're still supporting and, and growing at this time also. Yes. So we did have a little bit of a hiccup with it. So um, while because I got it kind of blew up quickly um i had a little trademark issue so we had to shut it down um temporarily like but luckily it was we were already back up running up and running um the brick and mortar when um we got a, a cease and desist on the digital side of it so i shut it down i rebranded um and we came back as luma fit so we're l-u-m-i fit um, is our digital platform now. And we're just in the process of um, regrowing that. And um, um, and that way it, it works good to be, I just feel like there's no choice but to be a hybrid um, studio at this point. Um, Cause you know, people do have to take breaks um, because of quarantining or, um, you know, whatever. So it, it is, it is good to have to um, have both options for my clients and, you know, even clients that go on vacation, like now it's like, they don't put their memberships on hold anymore where they, they used to want to put it on hold if they were going to be out of town all summer. Now they just switch over the, the um, live classes or they do our um, pre-recorded stuff all like while they're out of town. So um, that's been really helpful. I feel like just to keep retention in the studio. Yeah, that's one of the, the biggest things that goes overlooked when we talk to gym owners now, um, different studios, different different types. It goes across and when people say, well, I don't want to I don't want to advertise outside my market. I'm not trying to be this online trainer. I like the in person. It's like that's great, mm -hmm. but you are still going to have clients who go out of town, who go on vacation, who who may have homes in multiple areas. It doesn't matter what it is. 
Like if right. you want to serve your current clients the best way you can, giving them an option where they don't have to figure out what the heck to do if they're in a hotel or whatever it may do. It doesn't have to be the exact same thing, but it it eliminates or greatly reduces the holds, the the different billing issues, the stuff like that where you'd be like, someone says, I'm on vacation and they may not, you know, it's, it's just easy. I'm going on vacation, you know, for three weeks, I'm going to put my, my thing on hold or, you know, I have my kids a lot more because it's summer. It's like, cool. Just right. do the online thing. Right. We'll just, we'll just rolled into it. Here you go. Uh, so. and I, have, I even have like a couple clients moving. Cause I mean, we're in Tallahassee. We um, we're the capital. So there's people that mm -hmm. live temporarily and then um, go move somewhere else. And, or, and we are also, we have two, or three college campuses in Tallahassee, FSU and FAMU and TCC. So I get a lot of college students and they go home and they, they don't come back, but they love the glow. I mean, they love bouncing and they get addicted to it and they continue with us even when they go back home or move to wherever their next destination is. So um, it, it has been, it's been helpful and um, yeah, I like it. Heck yeah. So if you're listening, don't look at online as just a way to to service strangers. Mm -hmm. like it's, it's a higher level of service. It's continuity for your current clients. It's retention. There's a lot of other reasons to do it other than just, I want more money from more people. There right. are, there are a lot of aspects there. So you have your, your normal, your group classes, right? That's kind of the bread and butter bar bounce and boxing. You have your online platform. Um, and then, you know, you, you started to say that um, you've recently added nutrition. That's kind of a, a newer yeah. add-on service. So what's, I know that the effectiveness of it and, and how it helps people, but from a business standpoint, do, are you looking at it as revenue stream, as retention? What are the things that go have gone into that for you in the logistics of implementing it? Yeah, so um, both. I mean, it, retention in, in the sense of like it does, help us to get to know our clients better, you know, I've, and, um, so one of, it's one of my trainers who she got, um, she's been studying and doing the nutrition coaching courses and everything. And so this is a way for her to connect with the clients instead of it being me, it's like, she, she's the one like making the contact and everything. And, um, just kind of building better relationships with, with the clients, um, and then, yeah, it's been, it's, we're still like in the, we're figuring it all out. Like we're doing some like big group challenges, um, at a lower price point. And then she's also working with clients one-on-one -on -one for a higher, um, price point. Um, and it, yeah, so far so good. Like, I feel like it, it does help the, it helps the clients, you know, they feel like they're getting better results because you can't outwork out a bad diet, you know, like, so it's like the clients are getting these great results. We're able to um, showcase those results and, um, yeah, build, build rapport with our clients and, um, and keep them involved and active in, in, in the studio. Awesome. So we're going to stay on the topic of your staffing and some of the things that you've done with it, because clearly you're somebody who part of your business is looking for opportunities for your staff areas for them to grow, things you can do. So right now, uh, the, your staff mainly consists of five contract instructors, right? Correct. Yeah. So you have the, the one who's taking on the nutrition program yeah. and that's going to be, you know, good for the business, good for the clients, good for the trainer, checks off all the boxes. 
on the other end of that, unless it's the same person, um, you have somebody else who really is coming into a big opportunity. You're looking to move into a management position. So talk us through that, you know, what it looks like, the, the background of that person um, and, and kind of your relationship and what you think that's going to do for, again, for you, the business, the clients, the that person kind of holistically. Yeah, I'm super pumped. Um, her name's Autumn. She's been with me from the beginning. Like she was a a dance instructor at the studio that I was renting space from. So um, she had just gotten certified in bar and she was super excited. And she came to me and she's like, do you need any help? And I was like, yes, actually, that would be great. So she was, she was either my first or second hire. I'm trying to remember. I had, I had two instructors that um, worked for me over there and, um, and just helped out like when I was gone or sub subbed for me, but she took on like her own um, few classes and, um, she's also shows she's a school teacher, she's a dance instructor, and she worked for me. So she was the girl works nonstop. She's she's young and energetic, but um, since the beginning of time, she's wanted to work for me full time and and leave her um, her school position. Um, so that's something that's always been in my mind is I wanted to make that happen for her. I I wanted her to be able to um, teach fitness and and work here and because she loves it like she it's it's you know they say it's hard to find good help I have really great people and I like wish I could give them more like I, I want to give them more jobs because they love the glow and they love um they love the community and they really fully embrace our mission which is it's great like um so I'm making that happen for autumn in the fall like I was like I promise we're gonna make it happen so you don't have to go back to school she just had a baby she had her first baby um back in December and um so she's going to kind of take on a manage management position for me so um that'll free me up to do the stuff I love to do that I really am good at. Like I love marketing. Um, I love ideas. I love, you know, just coming up with stuff and, um, but I'm not great at like the execution of day-to-day -day tasks. So, and she is like, she's very different than me. She's probably on the other side of the spectrum of she is so good at, she's so organized and she makes lists and checks things off the list. And that's what I need in my life. And she's going to just totally bring that. And I think it will help. I know it will help the business grow. And um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, two two big takeaways for me there is one, um, a lot of people get into the business from trainers and think about, hey, I'm going to help all these people by showing them fitness and nutrition and all that. And then as we grow as business owners, you find a different level of fulfillment. You're like, oh, not only can I affect my clients, I'm giving people jobs, I'm giving them fulfillment, whether it's part-time, full-time, like there are tons of people that have a job that they absolutely hate. And, or maybe they just don't love it or whatever the case may be, but then they get to go do something that they love for a few hours a week, or in your case, you know, trying to find part-time or full-time opportunities is a different type of satisfaction that you get as an owner that a lot of people don't even think about when they're thinking about opening the business or thinking about growing. It's like when you get that first hug or text message about somebody, how glad they are that they get to do something that they really love. It's like, Oh crap. Like that, that kind of put you back in your chair for sure. Right. Like my, my husband's a business owner and he can't find 
help for to say, I mean, he can't find employees ever. I'm like, I have like a list of people who like want to work here. And like, even our front desk staff is like, I mean, the high school girls, we, we laugh because like my son's high school, like there, there's so many girls that want to work here. And I would like to hire all of them. I would like them all to work here. And once they do work here, they do, they love it. Like, I mean, it's just such a great, um, I don't know, it's such a great space. And everyone is like, um, just happy to be here. And like one of my front desk girls told me yesterday, she's like, I want to do this forever. I want to like sell Lululemon and, <laughs> and own a fitness studio. And she's like, well, you're ready to sell. Can I buy it? I was like, oh, that's so cute. I love that. I love that. It's just like a place people want to be and want to work at. And um, it makes me happy. Yeah. And, and we get it all the time. There's conversations where people say it's hard to find good people. And what are the tips and tricks? And, you know, yeah, there are some places that are great, like, you know, that we can direct people to find good clients or, or find good trainers. Sometimes it's clients, sometimes it's students, sometimes it, different things. But I always try to work into the conversation, like the best employees come when you're the type of place where people want to work for you first. You're, if you're the most attractive place, doesn't mean you pay the most. It doesn't necessarily mean that the benefits or the hours, it, it's, it's a, it's a combination of all those things. And if people are coming to you looking for a job and you get to be picky, you get to get the cream of the crop. And that's really the ideal position to be in. You don't want to have to go looking for people. If you have people come looking for you, it tells you, it tells a big story about the whole, you know, the business, the community, the culture. So clearly doing something culture. right there. Yeah. It's definitely culture. I feel like, um, and I, I always, I hire people I want to hang out with, you know, like it's the people that um, are good at building relationships um, because they could have the best certifications and the best um, class, you know, they have, they can be an awesome trainer, but not be able to like communicate or, um, or be able to like greet clients and learn about the clients and, and get to know them. Like, it's so important to me that my um, staff is likable and like, you know, like we all want to hang out and go have a beer with them after class, which we do a lot, you know, we, we all, um, we do a lot of social events and, you know, I have one instructor, she's in her twenties and some, she's made like great friends with ladies in their fifties and sixties. And it's like, you know, that's, that's such an awesome person to have, like that can just be friends with absolutely anybody and just, um, you know, build, build those relationships that that's what makes retention happen. And what makes people stick is like the friendships they get out of here and the, um, and just the community aspect. Yeah. And then one other thing that I don't want to get lost in there is identifying that your manager is not the person who has the same skill set, the same strengths, the same likes as you, because then that's just it's not, it's not laziness, but it's just, it's running away from things to a degree sometimes where it's like, well, I could be doing that. There's not as much value where if you can operate in the areas of the business where, you know, your zone of genius or your, you know, your passion, and you have somebody that willingly and uh, takes those other things and can do a good job at it, like complementary skill sets, whether it's partnership, whether it's owner manager, 
always work a hundred percent of the time right. better than complement, like, you know, overlapping skill sets. It's like, sure. Oh, you're a great trainer. I'm a great trainer. You should be a manager. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> this is, it's good to be able to get out of the duties. So yeah, you need to replicate some of those tasks, but right. when you make that first jump, it's going to be people who can take away the things that maybe aren't where you want to be. Cause you'll put your energy and skyrocket more if you're just able to do the things that you want to be doing. Right. If, yeah. Like I probably wouldn't hire me. <laughs> like, no, I would hire me for certain things, but I wouldn't hire me to like be, or, to, to do the organization stuff. So um, like I'm, I definitely have a, a good skill set, but it's not in the organization and the execution stuff. So I'm super pumped to have someone like Autumn coming in. Yeah. Lucky for you, right? And well, yes. lucky to a degree, but also a result of, of what you've built, of the culture, of the community. So we're running short on time here, but one more thing that I wanted to kind of dive into, at, at least to a level of, of getting conversations started in, in people's heads is you have all these um, services that you're you're offering, but you know, you're always looking for ways, it seems like, to um, maximize the space, to you know, look, look for revenue streams that also add value to the client. So the two things that we talked about a little bit off the air is um, you've, you've used the space for some events, some parties, things like that. And, and you have space in the studio that you collect rent from. So can you just kind of briefly give us an overview of those? We won't be able to dive too much into them, but I want people to have their eyes open a little bit like here, these are more things you could do and why. Yeah. So um, we have, uh, we have a small, we're in a small space, but we have a, a small lobby and um, I actually have a business partner who runs her a separate business within my business selling um, workout clothing. And um, we got Lululemon in here, which was really exciting. So she sells, um, we have a great selection of um, workout apparel and I mean, she gets some jewelry in and some hats, just stuff that our clients will love. So she's got an automatic um, client based by with my clients walking through the lobby and buying her clothes and then but then she because it's Lululemon I mean we draw a lot of traffic just for people coming into shop so um, it works both um, it works for me and it works for her really well and um, then she also you know pays rent to me because um, so that that's nice so that's like an automatic um, source of revenue every month is just her paying me rent um, and then um, I'm also doing um, parties and stuff, which is fairly new. Like we, um, I've always done like sorority events and stuff since I opened, but I realized I could charge a lot more than I was. Like I was kind of giving things away, just thinking it was helping me get into the community and stuff. And I was like, I should be charging for this. So we've been doing birthday parties and we've been doing um, just any kind of private events people want. Um, and that's been really good. We've really started to build that up um, recently. So it's been good. Awesome. Awesome. So last question um, we have a magic wand where, you know, five years down the road, um, what are your, what are your dreams, ambitions, goals? What could this turn into? Um, obviously there's a lot of things that factor in, but you know, yeah. what are some of the things that you envision for the glow? Well, for the glow, I definitely, I mean, I opened it thinking I wanted more locations. I knew I didn't want to just stop here. Um, I, I would like to replicate it and open more locations. Um, 
And also just in the like near future, I would, um, when we're packed in here, I mean, we're, we're holding hands when we're bouncing and our arms are going out to the side because there's limited space in our, our small studio. So um, possibly a, a bigger location soon or a second location. Um, but yeah, like I definitely want to take it further and it's, it's a scalable business. I know I just have to get brave enough to, to take that leap again. Awesome. Well, I think that you have, there's a solid foundation there. You're doing a lot of good things. It, it sounds to me like for all the right reasons, you, you're putting a lot of things in place. So I look forward to uh, keeping track of what you're doing. Uh, maybe we get you on for a follow-up. Uh, I think it's been great um, just kind of getting getting this baseline. And I, I do believe that in a couple of years, there's going to be bigger, better, more for the glow, for LumaFit. So I'm excited for your future. Well, thank you, Dominic. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. I, I appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. And uh, yeah, this, this has been a blast. So I hope you had a good time too. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show, our guest for the day is Mr. Eric Travers of Travers Full Power Fitness, coming to you from Cumberland, Rhode Island. Eric, what's going on, man? How are you today? Good, brother. How are we doing today? I am doing tremendously. Eric, I'm excited to dive into this and, and pick your brain to see the ins and outs of this business and, and what you're thinking about when you're coming from the entrepreneurship seat that you're in. Before we do that, I think a little bit of context here is important. And so give us some background. When you describe this business, what do you tell people? Um, I mean, when I describe the business, people ask me about my business in general. Um, they usually just contact me and say, Hey, like what's going on? What's this about pricing? That's that sort of thing, you know? Um, but my business itself, I try to make it a very like uh, family environment, very friendly culture, no gym, bro. Like I have some private sessions where kids take their shirts off or guys or whatever. It don't, that doesn't bother me. But when there's a full group, if people aren't about it, I'm just like, nah, keep your shirts on. But just a very friendly environment where everyone feels comfortable. 
So I try to tell people, because a lot of people are scared to come to the gym sometimes because they're like, they think they need a baseline. I try to tell them that I am their baseline. And, uh, you know, everyone starts from somewhere. Everyone you see on TV or on Instagram that are these big muscle heads or super ripped guys, they start from somewhere just like everyone else. So, Yeah. And so it's, uh, it's, it's interesting when we talk to people about sort of the fitness industry, there's so many different directions that you can go and, and what your business ends up, the shape that it ends up taking is typically a reflection of hopefully what we want it to look like. Uh, yep. So for you, take us back to when this whole idea came about, the idea sparked in your head. I'm going to open up my own facility. I'm going to make a go of this on my own. When was that? And, and what were your goals when you first set out with this? So it's funny because when I was in college, uh, I was actually pre-physical therapy because um, I was always hurt as an athlete and I was an athlete all my career. And uh, one day I woke up sophomore year of college at three o'clock in the morning. I had a dream that I didn't, I didn't want to be a physical therapist. And I called my dad. I'm like, dad, I want to be a trainer. He's like, why would you do that? Like, that's what I do, man. That's what I love to do. Every time I come home, I train people. People always ask me to train them. And uh, physical therapy is a little boring for me. So then uh, fast forward there, I then started um, interning a lot in uh, our weight room from Southern Illinois University. And my mentors, uh, Zach Rockford and Mark Jamison and even Colton Susan, uh, they were very good mentors. And they taught me everything I know pretty much. Um, I had a powerlifting background as well, which also started me in the gym itself. Um and yeah, man. And then once I decided to do that and uh, become a trainer, I would then intern for school. We had to do internships. Um, my first one was at Northeast Sports Training and Rehabilitation in Warwick, Rhode Island. And then from there, went back to school, finished up school, came back and interned at uh, MBSC at Mike Walsh Strength and Conditioning. And uh, after the internship in the middle, I got hired for, worked there for about a year, then COVID hit. And I always thought, you always, you always think you need a lot of money or just a bunch of money to like, you want to buy everything at first to start your own gym. And in reality, as long as you're a good coach, people are, people are buying you as a coach. They're not buying your equipment. They're not buying your facility. They're buying you. And um, as a good coach, you'll adapt to what you have and you can make people strong with just about anything. So during the middle of COVID, actually, I started up the gym and uh, I just, you know, just jumped forward and realized I didn't need as much money as I thought I did. So that's how that all started. Yeah. And goals, goals when I started the gym was honestly just, I just want to change people's life, change people's lives and help them out. Really. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's cool to see the background that you had. And I think when people venture off and decide to open up their own, there's always inputs in, in sort of what our experience has been. Of course, that's going to shape how the business stands today now that you've been in business for a little while, a couple of years under your belt, talk to us about sort of what's been the best part about owning your own business and what's been the most challenging part about owning your own business. So the best part is of course, working for yourself. Uh, if you got to go on vacations, you got stuff to do, you know, last minute cancels cause you don't have a choice cause things happen in life. You know, you quite, you answer to yourself and only yourself and, you know, clients all understand. Um, and that's honestly the best part. And the, uh, the hardest part is the business aspect, right? Everyone goes in thinking like, you know, just like as I, as I did myself, or I had a little bit, little extra, cause I had a little, a uh, few more business mentors that actually helped me out and made me understand a little more if I dove in, um, is the business side. That's the toughest part because you, you're your own boss. You got to market, you got to make sure you're bringing money in. You'd be saying the right things, doing the right things, make it efficient in the gym. Cause when you program for a gym, 
it's not just programmed for someone you have unless you're doing personal training. But when you have small groups, you got to program for the efficiency of the gym so everything rotates, again, efficiently, where people aren't bumping into each other. You can't have five different programs for five different people at once. Yes. So, so then I uh, really program towards that. Um, then the accounting side, like knowing, understanding the money, how to bring in, what to save for taxes. For sure, yeah. Insurance and all that stuff, so that that gets really interesting that was the most challenging part for sure yeah. we there's a there's a whole lot of people in similar roles to yourself that are unbelievable trainers and unbelievable coaches and then open up their own facility and really quickly find out that skill set to be a good coach and the skill set to be a good business owner are are vastly different and these certainly aren't things that they touch on in a personal training certification or even pt school or anything like that, the, the business end of things is far more often than not uh, a figure it out on your own sort of game. It's, it's sort of a make some mistakes until you get a grasp for it sort of situation. And so I think making those mistakes, learning those lessons, is there value in it? Of course, learning it as early as possible probably makes for a better long run. So at least as things stand now, you touched on it already. The model mostly in the small group sort of field. Uh, talk to us about why you chose that. Why not huge boot camps? Why not one-on-one -on -one training? Why is the semi-private appealing to you? So for me, semi-private's appealing because um, big groups, it's the quality of training drops tremendously once you, unless you have multiple coaches training big groups at once. I don't care if you have two or three coaches, usually like in college, they always said there's usually you want to have one coach for every six, six to eight people max where you can still give a quality, a quality training. Um, so that's where I kind of got that number from the six for me every now and then, like I told you earlier um, before um, I might put seven or eight, depending the size of the people. Cause I have some clients that are six foot seven, some clients that are bigger individuals and some got clients that are tiny where I can fit a couple more people in the gym. So spacing is everything with that as well. Um, and then on the personal training side, I do have personal training, but sometimes like one-on-one, -on -one, man, it can get boring. Um, especially when you have clients that are very, uh, very introverted and you're really trying to like get them to just talk to you and just pull teeth. And there's some clients that don't want to talk. They just want to train the whole time. So you're literally just watching someone. And then when that person gets to a higher level where you're literally just watching them train, they, you don't have to correct them that much. There's not much for you to do. So at least with the um, semi-private, it creates a culture. It creates a, a lot of friend and family environment. Like almost all my clients talk on the outside of the gym now. Yeah. Never, most yeah. of them never met each other at all until they came to gym. Now they talk like all the time on the outside. Um, and then a big uh, business-wise with numbers, it's more money per hour, but it's also cheaper for each client as well. Where personal training i'm gonna up be up my prices because i'm trying to do less of it over time um but i i mean some facilities charge hundred dollars an hour where a semi-private group could be 25 per person all the way up to 40 dollars per person max and that's that's a lot cheaper than spending for uh, personal training for sure. i yeah I, I couldn't have said it better myself uh and semi-private is somewhat of a new idea at least in the grand scheme of things forever the fitness industry has been one-on-one -on -one training and the the battle constantly has been at a certain point i can't train more people i don't have more hours in my day semi-private was a natural solution to that where we can still trade stay true to the idea of coaching and helping clients individually but there's a lot less downtime to your point i can help 
four, five, six people, they're still getting the same quality that they're paying for, but it's a little bit more digestible of a price point for them. The price or the, the revenue per hour from a business perspective is a little bit better. There's also the sort of ancillary benefits. There's a little camaraderie. There's probably some competition in, in the social aspect of it within that group. And so it makes it a, a win-win typically on both ends. It's, yep. it's I always say that. Yep. A, a tremendous model, a tremendous step forward for the industry, at least. So when you when you were picking out the the commercial space that you have now, at least with the semi-private model that you thought about, was there a number in your head, hey, I think I can serve X amount of people, or this is probably the upper limit to what we could serve? So honestly, didn't you have to think about that? Uh, so I wrestled, I wrestled in college and I was a decent wrestler out here. I had a decent name. Um, so my coach owns a, a wrestling club called Blackstone Wrestling. And there's a gym part that's probably, well, I think it's like 18 by 57 feet. And the ceilings are high. And every time I came back home, I'd always like do privates for wrestling. But I was also every night, I was training myself. He's like, why don't you start training people when you come here, do like a side gig. And me, just because I'm a perfectionist thing, I'm just like, hey, I don't want to train people here because I'm not, I'm not licensed or not certified. I don't have insurance just in case anything happens, especially how the world's going nowadays. You, you can't, you think you trust someone, you can't. So I was like, last thing I want someone to get hurt, get sued, and I, have, I don't have two pennies to scratch together. So, um, so I never did that. And then finally when I came back, like I said, I worked a bunch of jobs and got onto MBSC. And then I then called them up one day. I'm like, you know what? I'm just ready to go. So honestly, the size of the facility didn't matter to me. It was just uh, once I got the facility and realized what I had, then I adapted to what I had. So I'm like, okay, well, in this facility, I usually can fit about six people comfortably where they're working out efficiently and rotating. Um, and yeah, that's really how I went about that. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, I'm training semi-private right away. It was just, okay, this is my facility that I had, and let's see what I could do with it. Yeah, and, and so sort of starting from the ground up, right? We'll figure out what that capacity number looks like, at least for the purpose of our conversation here. Do we have room to grow? Are you approaching being pretty full? How does that look? Um, so I don't have too many clients, which is, I mean, the, the beautiful part about working for yourself with the semi-private or private gig, you don't need a million people to make good money. Um, right. So honestly, I, over time in the future, I would like a max of like 300 people in a different facility. But right now, I have room for a couple, a few more groups because um, I only work right now Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursdays during the day because wrestling practice has practice from four to seven and it's, it's packed in there. So um, I would get another facility eventually so I can grow. But yeah, I mean, if I get another 15, 20 clients, I mean, that's probably okay. as much as I would go in this one sure. facility. Sure. So perfect answer. I mean, I think everything that we talk about today has to come back to like, you started this business so you could make the rules. You could shape it in the way that you wanted to, not just on ongoing, taking on people forever and ever and completely taking over your life. So we have some room to grow. Uh, I want to pick your brain about the marketing that goes into this because finding somebody for a semi-private sort of service is vastly different than finding somebody for like a boot camp or like a large group style atmosphere. How have you had success so far in generating new interest for people to come and train with you? So to be honest, I have not the greatest at marketing. I, uh, 
back home, unfortunately, I worked really hard. And again, I was a really good athlete. So I made a, quite a name for myself. So once I started training, a lot of people started coming to me by word of mouth. Um, so majority of my clients are word of mouth. But besides that, I'm doing the, the average, you know, the Instagram thing. And I've been blowing it up a lot more lately because I'm starting a new online training program that I uh, just got into for like a mentorship program. Okay. Um, so that's why I'm even marketing on that more. But besides that, it kind of just, it kind of just rolls. And then Rhode Island's so small, everybody talks. It don't matter if it's across the state or in the middle, whatever people talk and people just find me to be completely honest. Um, I wish I could help more in that aspect, but I'm trying to help myself more in that aspect too. No, I think that's, that's a tremendous point. And I think it opens up a greater conversation and sort of stems back from what we talked about before. And like, these are people make entire careers out of these skills, out of marketing, out of sales, it would be sort of unrealistic for us to expect everybody to be experts in marketing the day that they open up a gym. There is, to your point, we need to spend a little bit of time to learn it. We need to probably spend a little bit of money to learn it and and figure out what's going to make sense for us moving forward. I think what you described there where it's sort of become this organic growth thus far, right? People finding you just based on the quality of your service and wanting your clients probably wanting to share it with other people that they know. But at a certain point, it'll be an interesting sort of change of pace to see what the best strategy for you is going to be, right? Because organically, we can probably go so far, but eventually we're probably going to plateau. And so what's the next step? What's the next step? I think I think that's a case by case thing in our industry, right? What's going to make sense for you in your Rhode Island market is probably different than what's going to make sense for somebody in California or Hawaii or Alaska, whatever it may be. It's uh, what makes sense for your model, what makes sense for your budget, what makes sense for the amount of clients that we're actually looking to get to. All of these things are things to keep in mind, but a conversation for another day. Eric, take us to sort of the next step in the equation. Obviously, generating interest, creating leads is wonderful, but at a certain point, we need those leads to turn into paying clients. When you get a a lead or interest from somebody, walk us through what that process is typically like from that time until they sign up with you as a member. Is there some sort of conversation? Is there a sit-down consultation? What does that process look like? Honestly, uh, one thing I'm learning about this program, and I've kind of already done it, is basically like if you have them and they're already questioning to come to your gym, they want to come meet you, or you're coming in for a workout right away. I'm not, I, I don't need to do assessments anymore because in general, most assessments, they don't really matter um, because in assessments-wise, okay, I can measure your arms. I could do this. I could do that. But in reality, if you're just lifting and you're eating properly at like a calorie maintenance, you're going to stay the same weight. You're just going to lean out and look great. You know, so there's, there's, I just got away from the assessment thing. I'm just like, Hey, uh, if you want to come work out, I'll give you one session free. Um, you can come out, try it out. And if we're, uh, if we're a good fit for, uh, for a good fit together and you like it, then let's, let's get after it. And majority of people, you know, my price point, especially around the demographics around here, I'm like in like average and I could charge much more for my, uh, for the quality of training as well for what I've done for training in general. But, um, again, I just, I pressed my point, uh, point. I priced out my gym to, uh, <laughs> of, uh, from where I am. So yeah, it's just like people will call me and I'll just be like, all right, yeah, come to session, try it out for one time, see what you like. And then we'll talk after the gym. And yeah. that's, that's literally what we, that's, 
that's all it is. It's nothing crazy and there's no like script, nothing like that. I don't really, in the in-person side, I don't really have to sell people. Um, so I'm kind of spoiled with that, to be honest. Yeah. And, and so it, it sort of falls under the system of like, give people a free session, sort of like test driving a car. You pretty much know, I love this car. I want to buy this car or this isn't quite for me. I'm going to go find something else. Uh, and, and, and that weeds out a lot of, a lot of the sales process to your point that doesn't need to be scripted. It doesn't need to be this completely designed process. It sort of just happens as it happens. And, and I mean, this whole conversation for you and I has been sort of, how do we grow a business in this sort of a model, right? How do we get from A to B for you looking forward now? Had a couple of years under your belt as a business owner. What do you see the next couple of years looking like? What's sort of the goal in one, two, five years for yourself? Um, so to be honest, in the next couple of years, I'm actually within this year, by the end of this year, I'm trying to get another facility um, and uh, move into another one and hopefully keep this one higher so to work the one I'm in. Because again, it's, it's, it's a good size, but there's not too much growth in the facility because there's already a wrestling club in it. So they take up a lot of time on Tuesday, Thursdays. And sometimes when they have competitions come up, they might practice an extra day. So that it gets kind of, uh, we kind of intervene in each other's businesses. So that's why I do have to separate. But when I get another facility, I want to get like double to two and a half size of what I have now. Mm -hmm. Cause that'll be plenty where I could hire three or four coaches and I can have, I got three or four groups running at a time. And, yeah, that was going to be my next question is, do you think you'll stick with the semi-private sort of feel? Yeah, I'll stick with semi-private all day because in general, like, so again, where it comes to growth and where I see myself a couple of years, I want to hire good coaches because a lot of, a lot of problems with good coaching, they leave to other places and they don't always own their own place because not everyone wants to own their own business. It's true. Um, I want to change how we pay trainers because a lot of trainers that I've known that I've worked with, they leave because they just don't get paid enough. I want them to be a one-stop shop and be like, Hey, you get your, you get your benefits, you get time off, you get sick time. You, you get paid really well where you don't have to leave. Cause in general, like with my, with my facility working 25 hours a week to 25 hours a week, depending how many clients you have can make you a boatload of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you're working 25 hours a week. So this is just a, a number thrown out there, but like who wouldn't want to work? 25 hours a week and make $90,000 a year. Right. So, yeah. um, oh, it drives me crazy when people say like, I didn't get into this industry to become a millionaire or be, to, to make a bunch of money because there is money to be made. This it, is, it, it can be made. You just need to do it right. It's more of a think smarter, not harder sort of situation. We can help a good pocket of people. We can provide a really, really great service. They're going to pay for what it's worth. And at the end of the day, like you said, you can make a good chunk of change as a trainer, as a business owner, assuming that you have the right service, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So again, just double down your question uh, in the future, I would just, I want to have a facility where I have like a good four five, six trainers max, and then maybe open up another one day. I, I definitely want to have two, two businesses. I'm um, sorry. Uh, two facilities, um, okay. like small to medium size, each facility that could cap out and maybe maybe tops 200 people in the facility um not all at once but like where they can have 200 i can hold 200 clients um throughout the day yeah do you uh, think that'll stay local to the rhode island area or do you think you'll expand beyond yeah so the thing that's beautiful about where i'm at 
Um, it's kind of on the borderline of uh, Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Mm. So eventually, I want to keep them on the border where I can double dip. And in Rhode Island, um, there's a, a couple spots that there's like maybe one gym in town. And I want to go like in between those. So because there's one of the gyms my buddy worked at in Jamestown, and those guys are crushing it. I forgot what the gym's called, but they're crushing it. But unless they hire people, they don't take any more clients because they don't need it anymore. So there's a bunch of people and really good athletes out there they're just looking for training that can't get in that spot because there's nowhere else to go. They would have to travel 45 minutes to an hour to train where in Rhode Island, people don't like even driving 30 minutes. So the crazy thing is at at least post pandemic, like you could probably open up a gym on the same street as them and still crush. There's so many people that need help. Oh yeah. Without even trying to compete either. That's what I mean. Like you wouldn't even be head to head with them. It doesn't matter. Exactly. It's uh it's an interesting conversation. And, and I mean, we'll save this for another day, but then that whole can of worms of expanding from one to two and splitting your time between two locations, it's, it's plenty of new hurdles and new challenges for business owner, but we'll have to, uh, we'll have to get you back on at some point, Eric, so we can discuss those a little bit more in depth before we start to wrap up this conversation, my man, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they can learn a little bit more about the business do you have social media do you have a website where can we send people yeah so on my instagram it's uh called tfpf underscore um uh, travis full part fitness the reason why i put it so long because there's another business that's called tfpf and i don't want people to get confused interesting so once they type in tfpf on instagram usually i pop up right away and then the rest of the name goes you don't have to type in the full thing yeah. um my facebook is tfpf llc and then my uh my website is tfpf.fit. Yep. Easy enough. Connect with Eric on one or multiple of the platforms that he just mentioned. Man, this has been a bunch of fun. I really appreciate your insight and, and your willingness to share a little bit here and give some of your wisdom as well as share some vulnerability in, in what we're not as good at and what you'd like to work on. So I appreciate it all. Eric, I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. And like I said, we'll have to check in with you down the road and get you back on at some point. Sounds good, brother. I appreciate you for putting me on the podcast. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.